briefest of glances can start the biggest romances. Our eyes were doing the dances and they were making advances. When our eyes met, I was like, hey, now I bet that Joe could be the one. Are you the one? All right. Hello and welcome back to the Boom Boom Room, your premiere Are You the One podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. I guess I'm your host, Aubrey. <laughs> I had no, I had nothing to say to that. I dropped the ball on you. I'm really sorry. Like I can you were yeah. ca- you you were relying on me to pick up that joke and do something with it, and I just left it there and giggled. Or to just ignore it, honestly. Either any. So this is a special episode for us because it's the reunion episode. Um, part one. Part one. We're talking to each other for the first time in months since the show was recorded. Um, God, and I gotta say, I it's it's good to talk to you again, Aubrey. Um, I have to say, listening back through our recordings as they were released, all of them on time, by the way, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like you were in the wrong a lot, and I was in the right. And, like, I take back any apologies I gave to you. That's good, because where I really wanted to start this off was with that one argument that we had where we disagreed. Um, and yes. I'd, like to, I'd like to say that I still feel exactly the same way as I did, but right. I've learned from the situation, you asshole. Uh-huh. I would like to bring up the fact that um, after uh, the show that we recorded, um, we hooked up, and then <laughs> we broke up, and then we hooked up again, but now I'm dating uh, Carolina from season five. Yeah, I had this whole gay scare, um, that's been settled, so don't worry about that. But I am back with Alexis, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> well, you know. So uh, the one thing I actually want to start with was that TJ introduced Shad as the Shad. The Shad! Yes! That we're just doing that now, apparently. Oh, I mean, well, that's how it was at the beginning of the show. It only makes sense that that's how it is at the end. But did he call him the Shad in the beginning, or did the Shad call himself the Shad? Because I'm pretty sure it was only the Shad who called him the Shad. Right, well, I think the Shad called himself the Shad, and his label card showed that he was the Shad. So it's very possible that Terrence just saw that and decided to call him the Shad. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Good for him for getting a V in front of his name. Like, nobody else managed mm-hmm. that one. Um, I What I loved in that intro of the episode was Ethan going for the high five with Zoe and her just sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a split second and it was just so and his awkward. Little, like, yeah, his little awkward shrug. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, I, I know this is Terrence's first reunion, but... He didn't do that great. Yeah, and that, I, I'm glad we're starting with this, because I sort of wanted to bring it up, because I've never seen an Are You the One reunion before. This is my first reunion yeah. as well. Um, wow. And it was a lot more awkward than I was expecting. Well, okay, so let's start off with, right off the bat, he sort of fucks up, where he sort of introduces the show twice. And so it's like... You know, everyone applauses and it's big applause and everyone holds for applause at, like when he first is like, the Are You The One reunion? And then he like goes back and sits in his chair and he's like, all right, now let's get ready for the Are You The One reunion? And like the whole crowd is just sort of confused. Like, do we do we clap again? Like, we've done this. Part of what threw me off, too, is that 
they're both off the show now, but also still on the show and since they're being forced to talk about it. So I'm getting this weird clash of like their show character and who they actually are where Malcolm, for instance, is still saying and doing all of the same things, but he's dressed like a person and sort of presenting himself as a normal person. Right. But nothing's actually changed. And it's sort of like we've drifted into this uncanny valley of like, oh yeah, shit, these people are real people in addition to people we watch on TV. But also they're not that different because it's reality TV. Sorry, I was yawning. Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) It wasn't that boring. Fuck. No, I'm just tired. So uh, something I'll say about how I personally felt about the previous seasons is that during the reunions, it was like, here are these people, and they were pretty much the same people that they were on the show. And it made me feel like, oh, wow, yeah, they were just really being themselves, which is, you know, not a compliment. Uh huh. But, like, coming to this reunion, it felt like they were all so stiff and unsure of, like, what to do and what to say. And I'm like, either y'all watched the season and every single one of you felt bad about who you are as a person... Or y'all were putting on a, a a mask and you've, like, forgotten how to do it. Like, you know when you, like, don't do a character voice for a while and you just sort of forget how to do it? Mm-hmm. it? It felt like that. Like, they were struggling to slip back into character. I'd be willing to give it a little bit of both for them. Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to believe how easy it is to get caught up in the show and the house and do and say things you might not normally do or say. But also, I think a lot of them might have seen it and just felt sort of bad about how shitty they are. Um, yeah. Like, Nerys is one of the few I genuinely believe watched the show and was like, wow, that was bad. That was real yeah. bad. Because she, watching she, her well, at this reunion, I mean, so, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but watching her at this reunion yeah. so far, she's one of the few I actually believe might have learned something from this show. Oh, absolutely. So, uh... The, the last thing I have to say before we get into the, their little bits is they're like, and someone has a pregnancy scare. And then like hard Scary cuts string to sound. Ki- well, and then hard cuts to Kiana looking super uncomfortable and unhappy and like she's about to cry. And I'm like, well, I guess we're not really in suspense for that one, are we? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay. no. And I mean, we already knew anyway. Like I stay away from spoilers and even I knew that. It was going to yeah. be her who had a pregnancy scare, um, which we'll get to. Right. So let's go to the first bit, which I've titled Malcolm in the Middle. I, I want to talk about something that happened. I want to talk about something that happened a little bit before that first, which was before Kareem's sub bit called I Got Caught and I Was Mad That I Got Caught, in which Kareem oh, admits yeah. that he was only upset that he got caught. Right. And uses it as if it's an apology? Well, I don't know. No, okay. So, he's like, I was only mad because I got caught. And then two seconds later, and he's like, and Tyler was being an asshole, and he, like, started the fight with me. Which which he didn't. No. Like, and even if he did, he, like, like... He gave a fake-ass apology before walking himself back to be like, but it wasn't my fault, though. I, I am 100% in belief of Tyler, who said, Kareem wanted somebody to attack... And I stood up and yeah. took it. Uh, and so something that made me a little bit, like, uncomfortable, angry, or whatever, is, like, right before they went into the bits, like, one of the things was uh, uh, TJ saying, like, oh, like, 
I'm gonna have to like hide unless Kareem flips some furniture at me. And I'm like, oh yeah, lol, let's like just have some fun with the fact that Kareem was like nearly physically abusive with people on the show. Like party. I couldn't believe how easily they let off Kareem at this reunion. I swear to God, if part two isn't someone calling the police on him. I, I won't do anything, but I'll be angry and I'll <laughs> bitch about it here. So, I, prepare for part two. If Kareem doesn't get arrested, I'm going to go on a podcast and be angry. God damn yeah. it. Damn straight. No, but I was, I was really disappointed in the fact that we just laughed off how horrible Kareem was all season. And right. spends real time on Michael, who while, like, he was a, totally a player and didn't really consider other people's feelings all that much, was not operating nearly on the level that Kareem was. No. Like, Malcolm's yeah. a, not Malcolm, Michael's a slick talker. He's, he's kind of, kind of smarmy and selfish, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Okay, well, let's start with the bit I'm calling Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, okay. Um, which I really hate that, that was the best one I came up for, because Malcolm's the one who said it. I, yeah, no, you, it's a sad day when you're stealing your jokes from Malcolm, isn't it? No, it is. But I named all of the segments, kind of. That's good, because I it didn't. Is. I suppose That's if I, so great. If, if I were to name this segment, I probably would have called it, but the show is over, I shouldn't have to deal with this love triangle anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, because okay. it wasn't so a look back with... at the love triangle. It was a no. look back at the love triangle and a, oh, hey, guess what's still going on? Right. Well, it wasn't, yeah. Well, so, let's, let's, let's talk about the very first thing that Malcolm says. is like, oh, you know, the way I was on the show, like, that's really bad. And it just makes me look really bad. And I don't want to, like, look that way to, like, my family and my mom and my stuff. And I'm like... No, it doesn't make you look bad. It shows you for who you are. And the thing is, when he started talking, when he first opened his mouth, I was almost ready to believe that he watched the show and was like, wow. Like, shit, I I really was a hypocrite. But then it just so quickly turned into what we saw all season, which was, yeah, I don't want to look like a certain way. Well, so because because he started off like, oh man, like I watched it and I like I was I was playing with these girls and like blah 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 blah, but like that's not who I am. Like, bitch, clearly it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And so and so the the big argument that happened between them was Malcolm arguing with both girls that it wasn't his fault that he cheated. Because they were both coming on to him. And Nerys, I think, is the first one to make the point of, I don't have to respect your relationship, I'm not in it. Like, uh-huh. that's your job. Like, that's why no one blames me, and people blame you. Because, sure, I'm disrespecting your relationship. I absolutely am. And it's not mine to respect. And Malcolm just couldn't get that. He was just like, oh, man, like, everyone just always sides with the girls. Like, uh, lady's always right. Like, no, it's not because she has a vagina. It's because you're a fucking dickhead. And it's because she's right. Like, at the end of the yeah. day, like, sh- would it have been nice of Nerys to not try to button on their relationship? Absolutely. Yeah, that would have been the nice thing to do. 
But at the end of the day, it's Malcolm's job to stay loyal, not the outsider right. in the relationship. And, oh my god, another thing, oh my god, this show's gonna turn into me bitching about Malcolm again. Another thing Malcolm did was, when he was talking to Deandra, he's like, yeah, like, you got mad at me for, like, sleeping with her, but what about all the times I didn't sleep with her? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't get credit for doing literally the bare minimum of being in a relationship. Right. Right. Like... <laughs> What I couldn't believe was that Malcolm fell for TJ's trap when he asked them if he could go back and choose which one, which one would he pick? And you know what he did? He got up and he fucking picked. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could because it's Malcolm, but I couldn't believe he would be so stupid as to fall for that trap and pick one. Oh my God. And it was great because Deandra looked like, whatever, I don't give a fucking K, I don't care. And Narice just looked like really uncomfortable. Like, can you like back up though? Yeah, like I, I almost wish, like, Narice looked like she wished he didn't pick her. And Deandra yeah. just hates him. So, yes. Oh, and, and so let's talk about their relationship. Cause so they, they bring up the fact that they were in a little, in a relationship a little bit after the show and Malcolm tries to be like, Oh yeah, but then she did some shit. So we broke up and TJ's like, Oh, like really? And Deandra's like, uh, okay, like let's talk about it. And brings up that the quote unquote shit she did was see her ex's dog. And the shit he did was try to get with another girl who turned him down. To be fair though. I 100% also believe that Deandra was up to some shady shit. Like, Malcolm was in the wrong in that situation, undoubtedly, but so was Deandra, in my mind. Like, I'm sorry, you texted your ex while you're sort of half-assed with this loser Malcolm um, to come over and see his dog. Like, you're going to tell me nothing was going to go down. Like, I don't believe that for a fucking second. Mostly because it's Deandra. Okay, but so here's what I'll say, is we saw Deandra being willing to sleep with another girl's boyfriend, but we never saw her show even the slightest hint of disloyalty. I truly believe that she might just be friends with this ex. Like, he just might be someone who's still in her life, and like, she wasn't gonna tell him just cause it was gonna become a whole big fight and something Malcolm was gonna try and like hold over her head forever, which he's still trying to do. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, like, I believe her, because I have no reason to not believe her, basically. Fair enough. I, I don't entirely believe her, but I definitely assume that Malcolm is more at fault, because he always oh, is. Absolutely. He just, I, it's like, yeah, Malcolm, everybody gangs up on you because you're always the one who's wrong. Like, right up, right before we're cutting to commercial, we see a clip of, like, a bunch of the girls backstage talking, like, doing their makeup or whatever. And Nerese was just like, oh, yeah, he, like, texted me, like, oh, a month yeah. ago. Like, right after the show came out. And she, like, read the text. And it was, like, so long and so, like, dramatic. And one of the girls was like, oh, my God, did you reply to his novel? And she's like, what did you say to his novel? And she just looks at her phone and she goes... I didn't reply. Like, <laughs> like, whoops. <laughs> Such a good answer. Like, she's just now realizing it. Like, she just forgot about it. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Oh, it made me so happy. It, it made me remember her name forever. Never again in my notes did I refer to her as a nurse. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. We learned her name, didn't we? 
Oh, honey. Um, a yes. But what really sold this whole piece for me, and the last I'll say on Malcolm in the Middle, was I love, love, love that Malcolm, every time Deandra would start yelling at him and the audience would clap at something she says, we'd see Malcolm just sort of awkwardly, like, plain-faced clapping along, too, as he, like, argued back with her. Like, he couldn't just, he just couldn't help himself from clapping with the audience, no matter who or what they were clapping for. I just... Because he wants to be seen as the good guy. So, after this commercial break, we'll come back with the next bit. Like, the show, right? We just, we copy their format? Well, fuck, now I need to put in a fake commercial. You've just made more work for me. Well, you know... If only we actually had a sponsor. If you want to sponsor the Boom Boom Room, please write in to tbbrpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or, or sponsored by Aubrey's... Uh, I, um, Are you gagging? Uh, 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 Aubrey's gags uh, keep you from talking. Or gagging, really. I mean, that's the weird part is that gags don't make you gag. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Or, welcome to our commercial break. Anyways, the next section was the Losers Club, as I titled it. I like that, It was yep. Ethan, Tyler, Joe, and the Shad. A.K.A. the people I liked in this cast. Yeah, honestly. Um, I really love, right off the bat... Terrence was like, you know, like, how did you guys feel about, like, being called losers? And Ethan's like, you know, like, we were called losers, but I don't think it was, like, that bad. And I think we really pushed the other people in the house to, like, do something positive. And, like, he was trying to, like, put this whole positive spin on it. Uh Uh-huh. And Tyler just goes, like, I could have done without it. Yep. I appreciated Tyler being the only one honest enough to be like, yeah, it kind of hurt. Yeah. Um, also, the, th- throughout this whole bit, there was this, uh, thing that I noticed and loved, which is Kareem and Joe, er, Tyler and Joe just making the most hateful dead eyes at Kareem anytime he so much as, like, looked at them. Well, I mean, I, I think it's really obvious that no hatchets have been buried there because Kareem is just an asshole and right. will never be nice to them. I like TJ. Yeah calling sort of calling Kareem out and it's like hey do you regret being an asshole and calling these people losers and Kareem is like well we won you know so I feel like that validates me I don't regret anything which is 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 really great when you consider Tyler and Shad were the two most consistently with their matched peoples Uh, one half of the losers club were just always with their match that's why they were quote-unquote losers and even Joe spent a lot of time with his match I think it's great, too, when you look at the fact that Kareem had nothing to do with them winning. Keith won it for them. Hell, Tyler acknowledged the fact, or not Tyler, TJ acknowledged the fact in the beginning when he had Keith stand and everybody give him a round of applause for winning the show for them. Like, which, uh, like, by the way, can we talk about how humble Keith was? Because, like, at that point, I would have been like, fuck yeah, like, math, college, I'm the best. He was just like, you know, like, thank you, but, like, we really did this together. Like, I couldn't have done it without these other people, which is just so humble. I didn't really get that impression from him. I was, I got the impression that he was still being somewhat defensive, it felt like, where he was saying roughly the same thing of, you know, 
because TJ asked him, like, what was the pressure like when you were doing that? To which he answered what we've heard before. Um, yeah. If we win, that's great. But if we lose, we all lost. Like, it shouldn't come down to being just my fault. Um, right. But he, but he also said the same thing about them winning, is that it wasn't just him. Oh, I must have missed that if he said it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he did. Maybe I just read him wrong. <laughs> and then Shad. Shad does the most... The, he, he, Shad won the reunion tonight. He said the best, most insightful thing so far of this whole fucking thing, which was, he was like, you know, we were accused of not getting to know the girls, but I know all of these girls. Like, I know and I'm friends with all of them. I just didn't fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Tyler, like, was so on board with that it was great tyler it's, just like could not control his emotions it's like he finally heard the words that he couldn't express to the cast before then right yeah and no, I, I was I, just so happy that shad like got that out there i've i've started out shamelessly making fun of shad and i still sort of am but i can yes. also say i honestly like shad at the end of this season now he uh you too. he maybe surprised me the most of anybody on this show just in terms of what he ended up being you know yeah my only issue with him is the fact that he lied about his name i mean did he lie per se he never said david and his last name even isn't even just shad it's like shad kapoor or something yeah i think it's shad poor yeah he lied to me (laughs) i put my trust in him and we also learned that Ethan hooked up with Alexis, which I don't know if I knew that, but I forgot it. And I just got real happy for Ethan again. Well, they didn't hook up. There was, quote, no pee in the vagee. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, the fact that Alexis repeated it was amazing. And second of all, you could see Ethan dying inside right after he said that. Uh-huh. It's like in the next scene, his head was like down and he like clearly was just like, Why? Why would I do this to myself? I should not have said that. I should not have said that. <laughs> no pee in the vagina. Oh, but it was funny. And true. And true, apparently. I, but I was also a little, like, upset with how short um, the Losers Club section was. It was so fast. I guess maybe because they're all really reasonable people. And that's the thing is that there just wasn't a lot of meat on the loser's bone. Because A, yeah. they aren't really losers, and B, nope. they're all fairly reasonable and aren't going to fight amongst themselves, and the only person they have to fight with is Kareem, who they just... Don't care about. Don't, yeah, like, they're not going to change his mind and don't want to, so they're not going to bother, and Kareem's just sort of an asshole, so I don't think TJ yeah. really wants to open that door. There's nothing for him to flip, that means he's going to throw punches. Oh god, isn't that the true? Also, fucking Olivia being like, I knew he was never gonna hurt me, because I grew up in an environment where that happened a lot. Like, I was like, well, A, that explains why she was so accepting of Kareem's clearly abusive behaviors. And B, like, it's so sad that she just thinks that's an okay way for people in her life to act. Right? And again, we come around to justifying and validating Kareem's behavior on TV like this, where the answer to, yeah, Kareem's explosive and unstable, the response to that shouldn't be, yeah, well, most people in my life are, so I was just going to wait it out. 
and everybody's like, yeah, like- okay, great. Yeah, all right, next segment, sex. I feel like, in a way, this was the show's attempt to be like, see, we didn't, it's not our fault. Like, he's not crazy, he's normal. Like, we didn't let someone abusive get on the show. Right? It's like a cover their own ass kind of thing, not acknowledging the fact that Kareem is dangerous. Right, and it's just so fucking gross, and I hate it. So, uh, shall we go to the third segment? Yes, let's move on to the next one. This one, the name wasn't that great, but uh, it's called, Is Michael a Sociopath? I would say no. Well, I figured, I figured because I, I named these all before I actually saw the segment, truthfully. Okay. So I figured that's the answer we would be getting at the end of this, is, is he, does he just truly not care about any of these people? I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to perhaps answer a little more unexpected, but I'm going to say, yes, he in fact does not care about any of those women, and B, no, I don't think he's a sociopath. Um, I think he, oh, so this is going to sound weird. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know. I just don't know if I have the words for it yet, but I'm going to try and go for it, which is, I think Michael cares for them as much as he could care for any person. I just think he's so closed off that he just lacks that sort of empathy. Not out of, like, not having it, but out of the fact that he shuts himself off from people so he doesn't know really how to relate to them. I don't get the closed-off sense from Michael as much as I do just an incredibly self-centered one, where everything is in terms of him and the way he perceives it, and he just can't put himself in other people's shoes, really. He, I, I, I agree. He, he, he lacks the ability, the skill, to empathize with other people. And I don't think he's a bad person, per se, but I, I also think you can only get so far in a relationship without being able to really see another person's perspective, you know? And I, th- and I think that's why Michael gets away with it so much, is because he's a good talker, and he's fairly charming, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to see it your way. And that's right. just the well, way it I, is. And I feel like, you know, he's good at fake empathizing with people when it's something that he can relate to. Like, if he's personally experienced that, he can be like, oh yeah, like, here's how I felt, which is... Which a lot of people confuse for empathy, and and it is a, and it is a way of empathizing with people, but he he struggles to do it in other ways. But but let's talk in more more definite instead of just our opinions on him. What I really want to talk about with Michael, because frankly, it's all I know about Michael for the most part, is the pregnancy scare that he had with Kiana, which uh really didn't make a lot of sense the way they presented it in the reunion. At least not to me. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me what you mean. What I mean is, the thing that kept coming back was the, I know my body, and I knew I wasn't pregnant, but I was afraid I was. And Michael's line, from being there, I don't think it's possible. And it just makes me wonder, like, what exactly was this pregnancy scare? Kiana didn't really seem to think that there was a real danger of it. Michael didn't seem to really think there was a real danger of it. The only people who seemed to think there was a real danger were the editors. And then we come to find out that they really buried the lead here 
and reveal at the very end of this whole thing that Kiana had a miscarriage beforehand and was reliving that right. whole thing, which I think is right. really what and the story should have fucking been. Right, because all, all of her worrying and all of her anxiety gets explained away when you say, yeah, she was pregnant once before and she miscarried. All the anxiety of, what if I am pregnant? Like, And then even after getting a negative, it's just, I've had a miscarriage. Like, So that's like basically like reliving that whole first pregnancy and then it's also you know they're in this house that's just a magnifying glass for stress it's just like nothing can get resolved easily everything has to be built up and like boil over even the little stuff and it's not even so much because of the people in that situation it's just because no one has any time to be alone I guess I just have a real problem with how the show presented this one because A, they buried the lead and not in like even a big reveal kind of way, but in a, wow, you guys really missed why this was significant, didn't you? And two, played up the wrong part of it as if it was part of the the usual house drama and it just made it sort of awkward and confusing to watch. And then only at the end you realize why she felt any kind of way. And then it just feels exploitative. Well, yeah. So and so here's the thing. It felt exploitative before the whole miscarriage thing, because we don't learn about the miscarriage thing until she's crying backstage after the whole bit. Right. I don't know. And 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 I I like she was crying backstage and she clearly felt uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, that's really shitty that they did this to her. And then she's like, you know, I've had a miscarriage. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, like they're. Like, fuck! That's so... That's terrible. What they did to her was fucked up. And then we get to see Michael come around, and I genuinely believe try to comfort her. And yet at the same time, you're the worst job of comforting a person I think I've ever seen. And And so here's exactly what I mean about he lacks the ability to like help someone without having been in that situation. Because she was like, it was just so embarrassing, I felt embarrassed, I felt shitty. And he's like... But I didn't. And so it was like, well, I didn't. So you don't have to anymore. Yeah, there's there's no reason to be embarrassed. You. Don't worry. I'm not embarrassed. Right. And, and he genuinely thought he was helping. I believe that. He, he did. He absolutely did believe it. And I feel like that's sort of a, a consistent thing with Michael. And it really sort of explains his actions in the house is, even at his most sincere, he seems so fucking disingenuous. Right. It's like when he was asked at the uh, matchup ceremony a couple weeks ago, are you a player? And had to look back to the women who all said yes before he said yes. Normally, I would say like, oh, he was trying to get away with it. But part of me wonders, maybe he just genuinely wasn't sure. I think he wasn't. And again, his apology, we were like, oh, it sounds so disingenuous when he gave it. But it was like all the right parts, which makes me think maybe he does or maybe he knows he should feel bad and maybe he would feel bad if he could recognize he did something wrong and so it was a sincere apology for what he had done and how he had hurt people but just with his genuine disingenuousness of (laughs) i i i cannot relate to their feelings if that makes sense does that make sense I just enjoyed the occasional cuts we would get to Shad, and I do mean occasional, because he just expressed such total disinterest for the most part, except for very few things where he laughed. 
Yeah, it's because that's how he was the whole season. He just doesn't care about all the petty drama, which people took as, oh, well, he's not getting to know anyone. And, you know, so I was reading his AMA on Reddit, and he gave an answer that explained basically his whole television appearance to me. And you know what it was? What? For him, doing reality TV and acting and those types of things is a hobby. He sees coming on this show as a hobby. It's something he does for fun. Yeah. He likes to entertain people, he says. And he likes to be in in front of the camera. For everybody else, this is like either their lives or a career path for them. Meaning reality TV. For Shad, this is a hobby. This is like going bowling for him. And it made me love him even more. I, I really like that, honestly. That's good to know. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So this lap, the, the, the last bit. Um, oh, no, sorry. Not the last bit. Uh, the fourth bit. Um, it was sort of weird because they go into it being like, we're going to look at a chart of who hooked up with who. And then it like starts into the bit. And it's like, all right, now we're taking questions from the audience. And it was like, well, but you ju- Why did you lie to us? So we got some questions, which I think there was like three of them, maybe. Well, the one thing I had to say is Tyler was like, yeah, when you meet someone for the first time and then instantly sleep with him, that's not love. That's love. And all the first three couples got so fucking pissy. Right. They were like, well, let's talk to someone who was in a relationship. And I'm like, he was the only one who went to the truth booth with his match. Right. A lot of people, I couldn't believe, they were just really mean to Joe and Tyler. Yeah. Like, they were just being mean, and for no reason. I I think, honestly, the reason is, Joe and Tyler, throughout the seasons, were pointing out their fucking faults, which isn't exactly necessary, but they were doing it, and it it went from, like, slightly annoying to, like, feeling like personal attacks to them, I guess. I don't know. They were in the non-self-labeled losers group so who is really being attacked you know right well yeah that's the other thing is like everyone was like being like oh you guys are losers and you guys don't know anyone which according to shad and even them for the most part was not true like they got to know the girls for the most part like most of them at least and they also made the point of when everybody's fucking other people and we're here in the losers group like you're not really making it easy for us are you right it was like, 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 for example, a great example is going all the way back to Ethan and Jules, where he took her on two or three dates. Yep. And she never, she was like, oh yeah, we might be a match, but I only want to talk to Anthony. Yeah, no, she just never took it seriously at all. She never gave him a real shot. Right. And it's like, like, I get it. Like, you can say like, oh, they didn't make an effort. But, like, here, we, we got to see firsthand Ethan making, like, trying and, like, really working at trying to make some sort of connection with Jaleese, which you just cannot do if they're not open. It is a two-way street. Exactly. But if it's, if it's okay with you, I want to I wanna wrap this up and go out talking about what this episode went out talking about, which is Keith and Alexis. I have titled this segment The OTP, which is... Both real and sarcastic, I guess. Oh my god, I like Alexis an all-time little. That's a grammatically disastrous Same. sentence, but 
My I my affection towards Alexis is at an all time low. I'll put it that way. It 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 made me like I, at the last episode I was like you know Keith did some really bad shit and I was I was really disappointed in both of them and I was like I can I have the capacity to forgive them both if they can just like come back from this and this final episode was just like great I like Keith now that's it. I feel like it really highlights what we've been seeing and discussing sort of all season. And I can't remember if Keith said it on the show already or if we heard it for the first time at the reunion, but he had a line that they played about Keith generally being a calm guy, he said. I'm generally calm, but I have a switch that once it gets flipped, it's hard to un- unflip. And I, yeah, that's just a really, I would say, accurate um, portrayal of himself, that he does strike me as the, the type who's generally level-headed, until he's not, and then it's a little rough. And um, we just see time and time again, Alexis likes hitting that switch for fun. She does. Um, and Keith doesn't like having that switch flipped. Like, every time, he, he's clearly not happy Upset. with himself after it happens. Right. And he, Alexis he runs like around just flicking of his it. actions. And if not ashamed, he's at least disappointed that he let it happen again, you know? Yeah. And Alexis is just like, whoops, my bad. <laughs> and makes that stupid fucking smile that she has now. That <laughs> I know I did something bad and I'm orgasming just a little bit thinking about it. So you just mentioned that you don't like Alexis. And I feel like I have something to add to that, which is I don't like Alexis's top or bottoms either. They looked ugly. They were like wannabe slutty. And maybe if she had really big boobs, that sort of like two pieces of fabrics held together by, like, fucking clips would work. But she doesn't, and it just looked bad. I wasn't a big fan of her look either. And I've seen that kind of top work on girls with smaller boobs just fine. But something about it was not working for me either. Maybe it was her being in it. It might have just been her that was the problem. No, but it wasn't for me. it It was definitely the clothes. Yeah, it was definitely the clothes. Okay. I just, it, it looked clunky almost. All right. Well, I, I want to I bring us back and, and say what we honestly should have started this segment with, which is a, what the fuck? Keith and Alexis were together after the show? Oh, wow. Different what the fuck than I was going to go for. But yeah, right? I... I'm sorry to say I was honestly surprised to hear that they got back together because I really like I'm not surprised to hear that Alexis would get back together with Keith. I'm disappointed that Keith fell for it again. Like, I'm sorry, they've broken up, what, three or four times now is I I think he, you know, he has a switch and when it gets snapped, he goes over the edge and he gets disappointed in himself for letting himself get that far and he feels bad and he wants to make amends. And I think in his mind. At least it was that Alexis was the same, that maybe she felt bad for going crazy. Maybe she felt bad for doing some wild shit to hurt him because every time she would apologize. And I and I and and my thought is maybe he was giving her the best. Maybe he wanted to believe and it kept him from seeing the truth, which is that she's a bad person who's just okay with hurting people. I mean, we know that Keith wants to believe her. We've we've seen and heard it already on the show more than once of just him wanting to believe. I guess I just thought he probably 
he should have figured it out by by the time the show was over. I'm just really done with seeing Alexis on TV. She's run her entertaining right. course and is now looped into the Kareem track of, I just don't like seeing you anymore. Alexis also, she's one to talk about how kissing and fucking are different after the fight she got in with Keith over how fucking and kissing are the same thing. Right. That was going to be my, oh, what the fuck thing when it came out to Alexis and Joe having sex. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then my favorite part was Joe was out here trying to lie about the second time, too. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of shrugged and was like, I guess, whatever. I don't know. Joe honestly looked really em- kind of embarrassed about the whole thing. Like, Well, I bet he was embarrassed just because he just got called out on lying right there. Of course. In front of a crowd. I'm just saying, like, he looks like he, he's embarrassed to have gotten sucked into the Alexis drama in the first place. And it's then oh, even more yes. embarrassed to be called out for lying by her right there. I'm sure that pissed him off, right. too, because, like, they obviously had an agreement to not tell him. And Alexis just changed what? her mind and threw him under the bus, which, like... Because that's what she does. It is what she does. And it's like, you can make the argument that Joe shouldn't lie and bup, bup, bup. But honestly, Never. like, I'm placing most of the blame on Alexis because she's hurting everybody around her when... And we saw her do it with Michael as well. Yeah. Like, she was like, she, after enough time, was just like, well, maybe we kissed. <sighs> and then... Her. And then we bring out Keith's new girlfriend, who's what's-her-face from Carolina. season whatever. Yes, Carolina from season five. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, Alexis and Carolina. So, first of all, Alexis is such a bad liar. Because, mm-hmm. like, earlier in the show, we saw Deandra be like, I literally don't care about Malcolm. And she, like, I believed her to an extent. Like, clearly she still hates him, and when he's around, he gets under her skin. But I believe when he's out of sight, she's forgotten about him. She doesn't care about him anymore. I agree with that. He and comes Alex- up occasionally in a fun, ah, oh, let's make a joke way. Anyway, what were we doing? Right. But then, but Alexis was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about you. I'm completely, I've completely moved on from you, Keith. Twitch, twitch, twitch. Well, and and it's, it's, you know, Deandra was like, I don't give a shit about you, period, the end. Alexis says, I don't care about you because your girlfriend's a skank. Right. Like, the only reason you'd say shit, like, the only reason you're starting shit is because you give a shit. Um, but I fucking loved when Alexis, like came for Carolina, and that cute little girl backstage was just like, oh, fuck no, and, like, right? stood up and, like, was, like, walking towards her, and no one stopped her. Like, they, none of the, secu- the security guards were like, yes, go out there, attack. I was disappointed <laughs> like, that she didn't end up on the stage and just comes and out just out of nowhere out of just the- yelling at Alexis, <laughs> and Alexis is like, who the fuck are you? Right? I, was, I legitimately thought it was going to happen, but I honestly almost enjoyed more just her sitting at the curtains, just like peeking through them, being like, "This bitch, gonna fuck a bitch up." Yeah, no, that was real. Um, that was really funny, and like, and so a super overreaction. But I appreciate any hostility. Right. I appreciate basically any hostility that's directed at Alexis at this point. Terrence at one point asks Keith and Carolina about their relationship, and their answers were just so healthy, like. He was like, Carolina, aren't you worried that he's still, like, into these girls? And she's like, you know, she's like, I could understand being that way. And maybe in the beginning I did, but I've been through this experience and I know how it 
how easy it is to move on. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm I'm really not afraid that he still has feelings for her. And that's such a mature and responsible like reaction. And then he asks Keith, like, well, so what do you like about Carolina? And he just t- talks about the relationship and how, you know, she did something for him that he's not used to anyone doing for him. And it really, like, touched him. And it's like, and, and that really made him realize that she's special and she clearly likes him in the same way he likes her. And both of those answers just made me really happy because it was such a healthy, mature relationship. What I really liked about it was how Keith honestly did a pretty bad job of explaining what he liked about her, which only made it feel all the more sincere in that it was obvious what he was trying to say, but just couldn't quite find the words to express like, it's just working with us, you know? Like, and it wasn't something he like scripted or had to say, or like, it wasn't something he's like said a hundred times before. It's not his go-to answer. It was just in the moment, like he was asked and it was just his truth. Yeah, and he even sort of fucked up and was like, yeah, like, we don't even talk that much, which is clearly not what he meant to say, and tried to clarify, like, it's just, it's easy, you know? Like, we don't have to, it's long distance. And I just... Right, he was like, we don't talk that much. And then he was like, he's like, well, he's like, we FaceTime anytime we can, which is like, clearly he's like, we don't have that need to constantly be all over each other. We can be separate people and be together. Yeah, I just... I was really happy that's where the the part one of the reunion ended because it was so healthy and I just really loved it. So that was the reunion episode. Well, part part one one of the reunion episode. We'll be back next week. Surprise. I thought this was our last week, but we have to do this one more time. No, it's just the way life is. All right. So yeah, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Boom Boom Room, your premiere Are You The One podcast. as always, you can write us in at tbbrpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Reddit, uh, tbbr underscore podcast at Reddit, the website. Um, again, not much, not much by way of news at the end of these anymore because we're winding down. Uh, we'll be back next week with the second part of the reunion, and that'll be it for the season. That episode, we'll talk to you guys a little bit about what we're going to be doing on the off season and about whether or not we're coming back Hint, we probably are. Um, but until then, until next week, let's leave with some wise words from Aubrey. Aubrey, what is the moral of this week? This week's moral is, um, it, it's a pretty simple one. It's, if you want to have, like, a really big, really long reunion where you hash out all your problems, just fucking make it a two-hour episode. Don't split it across two weeks. It loses all of its punch. It's a bit on the nose, but I 100% agree. Well, it's the only thing I have to say, because the other thing is, like, fucking forgive and forget, people. Like, stop it. You've been out of the house for months. Just, like, fucking get over it. You all are fucking children. That's the one I'm going to use. That was much better. Can we use them both?